0: In the age of such talent upheaval, apprenticeship programs, though it is the long, you know, kind of your play the long game, it will pay for itself in dividends three, five, ten years down the road, because you're going to still have that really excited talent in your organization.
1: Welcome to Frankly Speaking, the podcast that explores how tech apprenticeships really work. As a Franklin Apprenticeship Professional Success Coach, our host, Cable Rose, gives us an insider's view from the real people and businesses who are using tech apprenticeship programs to develop the technical skills that the American economy so desperately needs.
2: Welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking, Adventures in Tech Apprenticeships. I am your host, Cable Rose, the uber fan of all thing tech apprenticeships, And as a disclaimer, all views, opinions, perspectives of Christina in this episode are those strictly of hers and her realm of being a workforce futurist as well as a guru of apprenticeships. They in no way are related to, connected to, or specifically with any particular employer in her past. This is just hers on the episode coming to us with her years of experience. Today on the podcast, we have Christina. Christina's coming to us as a workforce futurist, and we'll talk about that during the episode, as well as someone who spent the last few years herself as an apprenticeship guru, getting and starting a national apprenticeship program at her last employer. Well, Christina, thank you for sitting down with us today, and thank you for being on the podcast. I didn't know... Where we really wanted to take this today, so I really appreciate <laughs> you showing up a little while ago and having a pre-show with me, and, and kind of getting some background. I know I had some details. I looked online. We've we've done a few of these prep calls, uh, but I'm really excited to see Christina and your history of and how you've gotten to be on, frankly speaking, this afternoon and, and sit down with us today. So do me a favor, Christina. Tell us, how did you get to this chair today? What is your background in, and this is a broad question, you would be like, oh, okay, well, how, how would you start <laughs> me off with this one? I apologize. But how did you get to an IT realm that we're sitting here today talking about apprenticeships in IT?
0: Well, uh, thank you so much, Cable. I very really much appreciate the, the invitation, and I am really excited about our conversation today. And I you know that is a really broad question and so i'm i'm sitting here thinking about that kind of like well, where do i begin right <laughs> yeah so it's it's very much a journey right so i started my career in human resources and i was a nature business partner and i did some work in like chief of staff work i did some work you know in the education realm as far as being kind of an education and development partner you know, doing some structural design and decided I wanted to go back into the HR business partner realm, specifically because I wanted to really have a one-on-one interaction and be able to help people. So that's where my journey started with then Sprint, right? So as HR business partner, I was doing a lot of like kind of org design. I was doing a lot of employee relations stuff, which everybody loves to do. And, you know, talent management, you know, kind of consulting and and all the things that HR business partners do, you know, some, you know, workforce planning, all that. And I noticed that there was a large appetite for training, upskilling, reskilling. At the time, my client was finance. And so we kind of built out a path for skills of the future for finance. Okay. Then we started, you know, having discussions about merging with T-Mobile merging with T Mobile. Everybody's like, okay, you're merge, you're merge. Okay. Well and they they decided to and then they did, decided not to. We're like, okay, well, we're just gonna kind of go on. And during that time, my boss at Sprint was just like, hey, we want you to do this kind of script assignment. We want you to kind of understand what it would take and what it would look like for Sprint to have an apprenticeship program. And so I just started doing a lot of research at the time Sprint was I think a founding member, but I'm not sure if that's correct, of the CTA Apprenticeship Coalition. And so started attending meetings, started making connections, started kind of, you know, building my network and really understanding what apprenticeship programs were or are and, you know, how they might help our business. And so we were working through that. I had gotten buy-in from a business partner, which was in technology. (laughs) And we were kind of on the cusp of creating a program, and we merged. Okay. And so that all stopped.
2: <laughs> yep. Bigger picture stuff happened, right?
0: Right. But what I did know, because everyone was following very closely the merger and, you know, how the commitments we were making across the country to the 80s. Because there was the hubaloo. Yep. You know, about the merge. And... I knew that in Nevada we had a merger commitment. We'd already committed at that point to build and operate apprenticeship programs in Nevada. And so I'm like, okay, well, my expertise, this whatever, whatever I built is not going to go to waste. Whoever is taking this on (laughs) will benefit from this knowledge. So kind of looking around, asking all of my contacts at T-Mobile, who's taking this? Who's taking this? I have they have all this knowledge ready to give it to you. Up <laughs> and funny enough, it was me. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so you jumped from black to yellow to pink to, to pink to black, right? You went from Sprint to T-Mobile and you actually just built, brought the program
0: over. Mm-hmm. What year was this? Okay. So Roughly. this was 2020. Okay. 2020 because the world stopped
2: March, March of 2020. Yeah. 2020.
0: And we kept going, like we did not stop. Like it was just, you know, one after we merged during a time where we couldn't all be together yep. and it was hard, I look back in awe of how we got to where we were at the time at T-Mobile. And that, I will say props to our senior leadership, our, you know, they did an amazing job kind of working us through that time. And, you know, building something that is, I mean, we'll shoot now with the leaders in the industry, or they're the leaders of the industry, say,
2: mm-hmm. we say. about me. Up <laughs> track, up track.
0: So, yeah, I mean, it was a great thing. And during that time, April, we started kind of building apprenticeship programs in Nevada proper. Our commitment stated that we had 180 days from close to actually stand these up. And so uh, in that time period, I got us registered. As a national sponsor or designated as a national sponsor of apprenticeship programs, I registered four programs with the DOL to begin in the state of Nevada, Correct, but to expand nationally. And we launched those programs in September of 2020. Of COVID. The middle of COVID, yes. We were off the races, right? So of those programs, three of them were brand new registered programs, like we had the frontline customer service representative which wasn't so much a new um but it was kind of a different take on something that had already been established okay the same was true with the training position the business analyst position was totally new we had to actually bring together our industry partners to i guess influence the DOL to make it an apprenticeship occupation and we were the first ones to do that
2: so you not only did you do the customer care You did a trainer. So you've got certified Department of Labor apprentice trainers now who are on the team or on the staff from that point forward. And then you invented or created or designed the business analyst position that was the first of its kind. So you made a comment early on. You said you wanted to help people. And I heard it right out the gate, Christine. And that was the first, one of the first statements. I was in HR. And I'm going to use one of your terms here too. Workforce futurist. I don't know what the hell that means. I have no idea what that is. If that's a normal thing, that's great. But I have no idea what it is. What is your idea of a workforce futurist? Because I want to tie it in to this statement yeah. here.
0: No, no, I completely appreciate that. So I kind of made that up. (laughs) I I love it. I love it. As soon as I read that, I was like, what is a workforce futurist? So in my time at T-Mobile, I I was charged with bringing to life programs and concepts that nobody else was doing, right? And so I knew there were other companies, other large companies doing apprenticeship programs like IBM. We partnered very closely with IBM. But I knew none of the other telecoms were doing it. And so I'm like, okay, now I have to convince the thought, <laughs> my leadership that we need to do this. And so that was one thing that I was kind of hanging my hat on apprenticeship programs. And then we all started kind of doing more research on what's happening in the industry as far as talent's concerned. Cause we had the great, you know, great resignation, yep. the great reshuffle. I started listening to a lot of Josh Burson. I started listening to a lot of, Accenture, Kenzie, all of these big name uh, consulting firms kind of researching and understanding what was happening in real time as far as talent and the workforce and how I was charged with how do we prepare as a business for what's to come. So what I knew based on that research was, okay, the population in the United States is decreasing. Right, the birth rate is decreasing. Okay, the cost of college is skyrocketing, and at the end of the day, college graduates are not fully prepared for the corporate world. Right, so and do all that as a basis. But what I was trying to understand is how do we connect what our business, like our business strategy, and how we deal with talent. How do those two things connect? And to me, from all the research that I've been doing, it was skills, right? Skills are the future of the workforce. And to me, that's the baseline and the basis for all apprenticeship programs is, are you, you're skilling people that are not skilled. And so when I say I'm a workforce futurist, I really take hold of what people are saying, like Josh Burson and like, you know, Accenture and McKinsey. I find ways to operationalize and enable it for companies. That's what I do. And for me, being ahead of the game and being in that workforce future helps prepare people now and in the present. So, not just for companies, but just for for people in general, right? So, if I have someone who is not skilled or wants to change their path in a career, you know, okay. So okay, let's look at what skills you have, and let's look at what skills you need for this whatever it is, right? So to me, that's the future of the workforce.
2: Christina, I am. Uh, I wish I could show everybody. I got chill bumps. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about. it. I'm going to put this whole thing in my in my brain here and see if okay. I can if I can grasp what you're saying. Workforce futurist. I love this. You do the research, right? You see the data. You see the trends and you are, it's not like the market where you're like future gains and future, you know, losses. You're not doing that. You just see what it is for the reality and see what's coming in the future of what that gap is. I go backwards to your statement earlier where you said you want to help people. And an apprenticeship program was one of the ways it sounds like you saw that you could take someone who has the passion. We use the word affinity for a skill and then you dive in and give them that skill. You you to mm-hmm. reskill and upskill. Is that what you said earlier?
0: Yep, yep, reskilling and upskilling. I
2: love it. And again, all new terms for me, reskill and upskill. And then you're going to take that person who has the desire, has the passion. They're eager. They're hungry. They've got now a program, a platform. And they have a person in, in, in their corner that's going to support them to take on said thing. All of this sounds great. So I've got to go back to one statement. How the hell did you convince senior leadership to go, okay, bring in this unfound talent and let's bring in an apprenticeship? <laughs> How is that? Because that was a huge part of the story. I don't know if anybody realizes it. Yeah, You're absolutely right. How did you get from the state of Nevada as a, it was an apostrophe of a sentence somewhere in some plan of something that you started that then came over to T-Mobile or at the time your your new client as this program? How did you
0: convince them? First of all, there was no convincing, right? Okay. because, well, because it was a commitment. We had to do it. Like no. we, it was a murder commitment. I was lucky in that. Now that was just for the state of Nevada. Now what we've been trying to do, and it's kind of an ongoing, mm-hmm. an ongoing um, negotiation with leaders. And I think, I feel like this is true, not just for where I've come from, but across the industry. Is that negotiation of, okay, so I need talent, but I need talent at a certain level. Do you? (laughs) I mean, really, do you? I am a big proponent of taking a look at the talent that you currently have and understanding really what are the core services and core deliverables that you need for them to deliver. Okay. Based on that, where can you fit in? Or where do you need folks to do more repetitive, more entry-level work versus you have a, a mid to senior level person, you know, doing that work when they should be doing all of the creative and building and, and all of that good stuff, right? So when I go into a, a conversation with, with business leaders, it's more of like, my first question is, what are you charged with doing? And you'd be surprised. And how frequent they're like coming back to me and saying, "That's a good question." I know. So I am also a big proponent of tying those deliverables to the business strategy, and this is all like kind of a like workforce planning and like a stephan kind of kind of dives it. I could do a deep dive into that, but that's not what we're here for. So my argument to leadership is, where can I help you save money in your workforce? How can I help you create more efficiency in your current workforce? And how might apprenticeships enable those two things?
2: I love it. And I like how you said sometime the response when you asked that question, like, what is it you actually need? What is the bottom line? And they're like, I don't know. That's a great question. So then I wonder now, I've got a few years under my belt with apprenticeships here. I am a registered, certified success coach with the DOL Through Franklin, I've done my apprenticeship to be a success coach, right? So I've gone through putting the hours in, putting the the criteria in. I've met all of those things and gone through it. What does it look like for business leaders that come in and say, okay, great, I can bring apprentices in? What does that look like for them to understand what that really means? Because just like you said, they don't even know the bottom line. Now you're going to try to convince them that you can bring in an outside, non-traditional workforce. And say, hey, these men and women have such talents that we haven't tapped yet. Our clients and some of the ones that we've had with us, when they hear apprenticeship, the first word they say is intern. So then we have to get (laughs) that verbiage. We have to work that verbiage so they understand it's not an intern. This is not an unpaid skill. These are men and women coming in, paid from day one, an apprenticeship, and they're Mm -hmm. registered. But they don't know what to expect from a green or a brand new person who is coming into an IT realm, like you said, are they expected to do mid-level? Are they expected to come in at a certain point? Or are they going to get that allowance of, of learning curve to get them up to speed? And once our clients see it, once they see what can be done with a support of an apprenticeship, with the support of a success coach, with the support of a framework and a, and a roadmap, they, they come back for more. They come back. So How does that look when you go from this quandary, right? There's just a question mark in that room, and then you try to explain what apprenticeship is and what is the value that they see two, three years down the road. So you had a couple of years with your company. What does that look like now, two or three years later?
0: Well, I will tell you, like, it's all about starting small, right? Especially for a large company that is really kind of entrenched in their methodology of how they're doing things. It's all about starting small, you know, and I think that we've we've successfully done that or we had successfully done that with our Nevada apprenticeship programs at T-Mobile. And I feel like that has kind of fed a desire for more. I know for our customer service apprenticeship program, we had two people in it to begin. Right. One, unfortunately, fell out of the program. Mm -hmm. Then one went the distance. And now is, you know, pr- has been promoted twice. And so she's a lifelong T-Mobile person. She is, you know, the loyalty there and is is unmatched. And we keep getting more and more like that. That apprenticeship program has grown exponentially. I think when I left, they had 11 or 12 apprentices um, at that level, which, you know, it is already an entry level position. But Our customer service partners are so specialized and so skilled that when they're often hiring for this position, they're hiring for people that have customer service background. None of our apprentices do. And so that's the thing that's kind of paid dividends for them. Because as you know, frontline turnover is huge. But all apprentices that have graduated the program and converted into like, you know, full-time positions Mm -hmm. have stayed. We had a ninety percent retention rate, and that was one year post graduation. Wow, so yeah, it's huge and if you're seeing that at the front line, it's equally as stark but exciting in the technology field. So we have a systems administration apprenticeship program. All apprentices that have graduated and converted are currently with T-Mobile, and they have a one hundred percent retention rate post you know, twelve months post graduation. So it's just very exciting. And I feel like in when we're talking about retention in the age of such talent upheaval, apprenticeship programs, though it is the long, you know, kind of you're playing the long game, it will pay for itself in dividends three, five, ten years down the road because you're gonna still have that really excited talent in your organization.
2: So if I may share with you a story that I had happened uh, last September, I happened to be in Virginia speaking at a at a conference uh, to a room full of men and women who were looking to maybe get into an apprenticeship program into their organizations. We were also fortunate enough that this group that had the panels of people speaking, we had, I don't know if you know John Ladd from the <laughs> the director of National Apprenticeship Program. We had the Commonwealth of Virginia, Gary Pan. He is the director for the state of, or the Commonwealth of Virginia. He was in the room. So John spoke about national, Gary spoke about the state, and then myself, the, the client who was in the room. They were going to speak, Meredith Stoll from IBM, she was there speaking about the the connection from apprenticeships to IBM to the client that we were standing with. And everybody in the room listened, and don't get me wrong, and I understand having a room full of a lot of information can be a bit much. And on the panel that I was on, it was myself, an apprentice, and a manager. We were going to hear what it looked like in the trenches, in a real organization, with the real and... Even with the great men and women who had spoken in the room between Meredith and John and Gary and everybody else, the apprentice said one thing that just blew me away and nobody heard it. So I stopped and Meredith said, Cable, success coach, could you tell everybody what you do in this process? And I said, no, but let me show you what I do. And so what I did... As I went through the room, I said, you've got the commissioner, you've got the director, you've got the men and women who put this together, you've got the CEO who brought this into the program, the manager of the front line. And if nobody else heard anything else, the apprentice, a 25-year-old young man, it's his first career job, it's his first IT job, he just said, I want to come to work every day and give my best because I was given the opportunity to jump into this type of role. And he is in a billion-dollar company in banking doing some real... Like, this is no kidding. Mm -hmm. And this whole room just went and puckered up. And they sat up and said, Wait a minute, what? I said, If you're looking for, y'all are telling me about, you you said it earlier, Christina, your strategy, how you get your workforce, all of these things that all these companies tried to do. And there are Mm -hmm. men and women out there who are hungry and can show up and they can do a damn good job and they can get through their apprenticeship. And then they are, I love your word, loyal because that company said it and that CEO sat up a little bit higher. And Meredith stood up. (laughs) Meredith stood up a little bit prouder. And that whole room ran to both the state of and to John and said, how do I get my company in? And it wasn't anything I did because I still didn't even tell what a success coach did. I missed the whole mark of my entire query. I didn't (laughs) even tell him what I did. I just connected the point that if nobody paid attention, they're showing up and they're going to give Every bit they've gotten as this apprenticeship. And that's exactly what we see here, Franklin. The apprentices that are coming through, they're doing exactly that. They're hungry. They're excited. They're writing me at 930 at night asking for more work. Nobody wants more work. (laughs) But they're calling. They're writing. They're showing up at additional stuff. They've asked their leadership, can we get more training on this topic? Because I can see the benefit. These apprenticeships for us, from what I've seen, are fantastic what has been something that you've seen that maybe you didn't expect two or three years ago when you started this process? What's a return on your investment that you never saw or never planned for? Is there anything that stands out to you?
0: Well, I think what I didn't expect, well, I kind of expected it, but I didn't expect to it be so fully realized okay. by the time, like in, in the three years that we were doing apprenticeship programs. The absolute growth of not just the apprentices, of the managers and the mentors that we had within T Mobile. It was so gratifying. I will say that, like, they learned as much, if not more, by engaging with apprentices and helping to teach apprentices. And, you know, lear- they're learning more about their jobs than they ever had thought that they would. And it's creating an environment, a learning environment in in the organization, um, which is, to me, that's the wave of the future. If you are a business that is results or performance-based, right now in today's environment, that's not optimal for long-term longevity in in the talent space. Moving that culture into a learning and growth-based culture is going to create that opportunity for loyalty and um, longevity of your current workforce. But yeah, the mentors, the, the managers, I mean, they have grown so much in their roles and in their positions that I I just, that's aside from the life-changing <laughs> opportunity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. a Apprenticeship program that, you know, we had created. That's a clear second for me.
2: What a great way to put this because, again, you did it twice now... I got chill bumps. So you did it where you're right. It's a life-changing experience or opportunity for men and women to come into an apprenticeship out of the blue, no background, and step into whatever that apprenticeship is, whatever it's IT, CDL, if you want to... Is it CDL? Co- uh, commercial driver's license, right? Long haul trucking. They've got a long... I mean, they're doing everything now.
0: Everything. Exactly.
2: So it doesn't matter what you're coming into. You're coming in clean slate and you're coming in. Mm-hmm. So there's the first right benefit of the apprenticeship program. They have an opportunity But you're right. We've seen the greatest success in some of our clients is when those managers and mentors engage and get involved. Next thing you know, because at first we were always feeling like we were forcing our apprentices to sit in front of their manager or mentor. And we were hoping to get that cape. And then after a while, they ran with it. They started having luncheons. They started having one-on-ones. They started coming to us. It really showed the exponential growth and rather than eight months before they got to touch the mainframe or go into some IT realm or do something, it was six months and now it's four months. And now they're buddied with the last cohort because we're seeing a return on investment. When the next cohort comes on, you partner with somebody else. I see you shaking your head. You might have some sort of experience with that.
0: Oh my gosh. Our our systems administrator uh, apprentices are It is so gratifying when graduated apprentices come in to mentor new apprentices, and that's it's kind of a a self perpetuating cycle of growth and knowledge sharing. And and it's like I said, it's it it engenders and promotes this you know growth based culture, this this learning culture that is invaluable. Like it having a growth culture it's going to be like and gold like employees people that are searching for jobs and and top talent are really looking for a place where they can grow their careers and from the research that i've done what that means is how can i build the skills that i need to get to whatever my purpose is at your company and in that statement you have to find the purpose your purpose at whatever company that you're going to right when i was creating skills-based talent strategy it was all about okay so from a company level we gotta connect talent to the strategy you have a build strategy you have a buy strategy you have a borrow strategy blah 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 <laughs> whatever but for everyday partners and everyday employees it's about finding your purpose and that all begins with your manager your leadership helping you find what you are passionate about at the company and then allowing you to do that.
2: And I'm going to go to the next topic you have. You have workforce futurist and apprenticeship guru. And I'm going to tie those together because as a workforce futurist, you saw it. You saw it down the road and you knew what those those gaps were, those needs were, and you knew that there was something in place that you could then leverage to bring forward and fill those gaps. And I believe that is the, the apprenticeship Realm or the apprenticeship uh, that you're speaking of is that filling into each whatever that apprenticeship is, whether it's an IT or services or whatever, it's it's going to fill that gap. But then it's I like you said, blah blah blah. You got to do the strategy and the buy and this the borrowing <laughs> stuff. You're right, you're right. But as a whole, that apprenticeship idea and concept is starting to just when it's understood, that's where we've seen the greatest return on our, our clients.
0: Oh, absolutely, and I mean. What I was trying to do in my last kind of few months was really connect apprenticeship as a tool to enable workforce strategy, okay. right? It's one tool, right? And a myriad of tools to do that. Adopting apprenticeships from a business side of things, from a business leader's perspective is tough because, you know, they have deliverables, whatever. But I feel like there is an opportunity to take a percentage of your headcount and dedicate it to early in careers talent. So whether that is, you know, 5% in internships and then 5% in apprenticeships, you know, you're going to get a better return on investment with apprenticeships, frankly, than you will with internships. But sometimes you have to start there, right? And bring it forward that way. Well, to me, if you are kind of entering into that Performance results based culture with apprenticeship programs and you have to meet the business where it is, right? And then kind of be subversive <laughs> and try to change the culture to something that is more supportive of of that. So I think, Christina, one, you and
2: I can probably do this for the next three or four hours straight and talk because oh. I see this, <laughs> but I, I want to be respectful of your time. Yeah. So I do want to make sure, but I really love where you've taken us today. You've walked us down the path of saying, you know what? We saw this a few years ago. It was a byline. It was a program we were going to start and then it blew into something bigger. We took it to another space, another realm. We saw the value in it. We added to it. We're going to see the impact it has for the return on your investment from all of the things that are happening. And now, as a, I love this one, workforce futurist, you are now going to go and again, these conversations you're having, these ideas you're sharing, the realities that you're sharing. These are just ideas. These are realities. These are, realities. These are the actual outcomes, what you're sharing and how you're doing it. One, I want to thank you because it's huge. It's a huge space that is untouched. And I don't want to say untouched. It's just scratched upon. It's just scratched upon. But when you find the leaders and those ones that say, OK, and they actually see it, I'll tell you what, we got clients. I could, I could list a myriad of clients right now that are running on their third, fourth cohort. They're, they're asking for more sooner. They're saying, hey, can you come on site now, Franklin, and be here and do something local with us? They want that because they've seen how it works. They've seen what the outcomes are. And they're like, let's, like you said, let's jump on this and run.
0: Well, and I think that that's kind of, that's the importance of intermediaries like Franklin. Um, That is, it's important because I know from my perspective, building apprenticeship programs, literally all internal, like we provided the training, we provided like the whole nine yards. It's not a fast process. And when you are in an environment that's very quick, which all telecom is, it's all constantly changing very quick bringing in an intermediary is really beneficial because you're not charged with, you know, providing software development curriculum. You're not charged with, you know, providing mentoring, which, but, and I will also say, it's important that you do engage your business and your mentors to, to provide that on the business, you know, the business side of things. But I've always said that If we were to ever or if I were to ever suggest a software development program, a cybersecurity program, bringing in an intermediary is the fastest, most efficient way that you can do that with, with a quick uptime.
2: Quick uptime and quick return on that uptime because it's a again we're a proven record we're a proven process we have the support when something doesn't look the same way that you want it to you come to us and we tweak or we adapt and we deliver and that's what the and is here that's that's what Franklin does we deliver
0: absolutely and I mean having that versus a homegrown like internal apprenticeship office is a lot more cost back then.
2: Well, I can tell you what we've put in for the last five years here at Franklin and what it's taken for us to get to this point. And if you're just a company trying to do that yourself, that's an entire division of your company. Yeah. Or you bring in someone and we come in and we just plug and play. This is your need. This is our, our delivery. This is how we're going to do it. Everybody connects and we we go to the end and here we go. I love it. One last question I always ask my guest. We have our mantra here this is our our tagline for franklin it's it's potential unlocked and so i'm going to put those two words in your thoughts just for a moment potential unlocked is there anything you would like to tell our audience which is again uh, apprentices managers mentors we talk to hr we have men and women all over the country listening to this podcast is there anything you would like to tell them in just the realm of those two words potential unlocked, and it's a broad question, and I'm sure my marketing is going to kill me for how broad I get with my questions, but I don't like to frame things. I don't want to put a thought in your mind. Those two words, what do they mean to you, and what would you like to say in in those two words towards apprenticeships?
0: Okay, so potential unlocked. I think apprenticeship programs are the key to unlocking potential. Okay. But I will also go one step further. Oh, please. So apprenticeship programs are the key to unlocking potential. And I will also say that culture, learning and growth culture is the greatest, has the greatest opportunity to unlocking potential.
2: Love it. And that's exactly where we're going to leave this last statement is those words (laughs) from Christina and say it again. It's a learning and growth culture, a learning and growth culture and how you tie that to unlocking potential. Uh, Again, I'm a lifelong learner. I don't have any degrees. I don't have any background of of anything. I stumbled into a career. I stumbled into another career. I stumbled into a classroom. I stumbled into public <laughs> speaking. I stumbled and stumbled and stumbled, and I only failed forward. If that's the the John C. Maxwell title's "Failing Forward," I only failed forward in my life. But I'm a lifelong learner. I either win or I learn, and that's a real simple approach to life. But my potential has never really been hindered by the fact that I have that mindset. I have a growth mindset. I have a a learning culture. So I've always moved forward. So just just trying to keep that in the same context. And if we can do that for organizations, and we can do that for senior leaders, and we can do that for individuals, and we can do that for the planet, Christina, I'm right there with you.
0: We're going to solve
2: world hungry. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's what we're going to do.
0: Yeah. God, no, we're not going to solve world hunger. We're going to solve this talent thing. We're going to uh, solve it.
2: We're going to solve. I don't want to say closed-mindedness because that's not the right term. But you know, we need we need open-minded people to say, "Hey, let's look at a different approach." We've done it this long for this way for this many this many years. We've done it this way. Let's look at a different yeah. approach.
0: Let's get people outside the box. And and I think that like I want to be respectful of your time too because I can talk for, about this for days. But I think it's also not just a partnership with business and intermediaries, but it is higher education. It is public school system. It is the private and the public coming together to create an environment where we're skilling kids in a way that's going to provide them the best possible future, right? And All that should be based on what is the purpose for these children? What is the purpose for these young adults? What is the purpose for these career switchers? What is the purpose? And if you can't allow people the time and space to discover that or help them discover that, it's... It's kind of a tragedy.
2: I was 33 before I realized I was good at anything. And don't get me wrong, I had a full career at that point. I was in telephony, I was in IT, I was wires, I was mainframes, I was uh heart, heart, I was I was into something. But it wasn't my passion. And then at 33, I stumbled into something that I found out I want to do this for the rest of my days. And that's why I'm sitting here today sharing your story and sharing your your experiences with the world is because that's what I want to do is get out there and, and connect the world to everything that needs to be connected. Christine that's awesome! it has been an absolute pleasure. Again, you could be on every week with me if you want because we do this <laughs> all the time. Um, and maybe I'll have you back in six months and we'll see what, what else you've gotten into in the
0: last... Probably. it! I would love it. And hey, you know, I am always happy to host. I am always happy to to do whatever you need for me to do. Man, you got me on the hook. Listen, you got me on the hook. And what a great idea! We could
2: bring a third party in that, then you and I could then talk from intermediary and someone that's been in with a client that's been in with and have a oh, I, I can see the oh all God. kinds of ideas. I got all kinds of ideas now. I love it. I love it. I love it. Christina, always a pleasure. I really am grateful of your time. I know you've had a busy few weeks and I appreciate you sitting down with us today here on Frankly Speaking. Um, Is there any final thoughts, any final words that you'd like to share with the audience?
0: You know, I, I just have fun, find your purpose and, you know, enjoy the ride, right? Just enjoy it.
2: I love it. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Frankly Speaking, Adventures in Tech Apprenticeships. We always appreciate you stopping by to listen. And as always, like and subscribe to get all of your apprenticeship news right to your inbox.
1: Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking, Adventures in Tech Apprenticeships. This podcast was produced by Franklin Apprenticeships, a woman-owned tech apprenticeship company on a mission to unlock the potential of the American workforce. Franklin offers apprenticeships for a range of tech roles, such as cybersecurity, Helpdesk, IBM Z, network engineering, and software engineering. Help us spread the word about tech apprenticeships by leaving a review and telling a friend about our show. And don't forget to subscribe to be notified of new episodes.